College prep? Yes! College prep? Yes! Hi everyone! Welcome to College Prep? Yep! That's right! The podcast where students and parents have fun talking all about college prep. We walk you through the process and help you tackle those tough moments where you find yourself wondering, now what? Hey, Aaron, now what? Let's get started with our episode. Brought to you by NSphere College Planning Services. Hey, all you listeners out there. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. This is Carmela and Erin with episode seven of College Prep. Yeah. <laughs> Today's episode, Will I Be Accepted? Now, now what? what? Before we get started, as always, just a couple quick reminders. Uh, for those of you that haven't already joined the online coaching community on Facebook, this is something that you should be doing. Remember that you'll have 24-7 access to Erin and myself, along with a conversation conversations with individuals going through the same process as you. Right. And make sure to check out those monthly membership programs. That's where you really get that one-on-one personalized attention and we help you and your student build a plan that makes sense for the whole family. Yes. Remember these podcasts are great as a starting point, but wouldn't it be nice if all this work was done for you? Yep. And stay tuned to the end of the episode for today's free download and... Tell your friends about us. Yes, most importantly, tell your friends, listen as a group, and we are very excited to start this episode once again, Will I Be Accepted? Now What? This is a question that uh, is weighing heavy on everyone's mind. Uh, Probably right now, if you haven't received an acceptance letter, you're thinking of this constantly. Uh, But even in the beginning of the year, when you're thinking, uh, what school should I apply to? This can actually be a big part of that decision. Right, absolutely. And I know firsthand, that this is a question that really keeps families up at night. And I totally understand why this is such an anxiety-filled time for families. I think we all kind of can relate. Um, You know, parents out there listening, at one point you probably went through this. Uh, But Erin, I'm curious, you said that you know firsthand. Um, So like I said, I know that this is the part of the year where everything's out of your hands. And so I remember just working so hard all through high school to keep my grades up, to stay involved, in my activities. I worked hard on my essays and filling out the applications. And then now it just felt like I had no control and no power and I had no idea what was coming next. So, I mean, when I say I get it, I really, really do. I I vividly remember this one night. I was a senior in high school. Um, My friends had started to get their own acceptance letters by this point and I still had not heard anything from my colleges. So I was up, I was talking to my mom about this and I ended up pretty much just having a meltdown. I was crying my eyes out to her for probably two or three hours hours straight. Like I was just so upset and so worried. And I I was saying things like, what if I don't get in anywhere? What if I wasn't good enough? I should have worked harder on those essays. Like when will I hear anything? So I was really stressed out. And then Funny coincidence, the very next day, I actually got my first acceptance letter. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, but so I do understand how agonizing that wait can be. And I think I can speak for all of the listeners out there right now that we're kind of tearing up a little bit hearing that story, right? (laughs) (laughs) So um, Erin worked really hard. She did end up getting into that school the very next day, which is kind of a great example. You know, hang in there, try and stay positive, even though this is a very um, trying time mentally. 
mentally, we understand. Uh, so wouldn't it be easier is the question I'd like to ask you if you knew exactly where you'd be accepted. Yes, of course. While I know that this magical crystal ball that can predict everything just doesn't exist, I do think we here at NSphere over the years have become pretty good at predicting which of our students will be accepted at which schools on their list. And when we say we, uh, we really mean Erin, right? Because she is the master at this. <laughs> I, I truly believe that. Uh, let me ask you, you're so good at making these predictions, Erin, and even helping students decide where realistically they should be applying to. What do you use as your first criteria in kind of figuring this out? Right. So I always, always start with the numbers. What do you mean by the numbers? When I say numbers, I'm talking about the student's GPA and their test scores, their SAT. And ACT scores. And that's because this is how many colleges will initially start sorting through their students. They are typically looking for a minimum GPA. Yes, they will factor in the rigor of your course load, but they, they do have these minimum benchmarks that they're typically looking for as a starting point. Now, when you're looking at these starting points, Erin, how do you figure out if you have a good shot at getting in, if you um, are guaranteed almost to get in, or if this is going to be a true reach for you. Right. So of course, every school is a little bit different and every student's situation is a little bit different. But typically we would say start by looking at the average numbers of those students who are accepted at these colleges. Here at NSphere, I know that we actually have this on our software that the families use. Uh, you type in a college, it comes up immediately with all of this information. Yes. But for families listening that don't have access yet, I hope, right, where can they find this information? Many colleges will publish this directly on their websites. You might have to do a little bit of digging, but typically it's somewhere there. And if colleges aren't sharing that kind of information, news articles or other websites, if you're just doing a quick Google search, will publish their best estimates of where these numbers lie. And that brings me to another good point. I know that, yes, GPA matters, uh, SAT, ACT score matters, but at certain colleges, isn't it true that GPA can outweigh your test scores or vice versa? That is true, yes. Okay. And so, again, that's where our experience with working with hundreds of students over the years and seeing what happens and, and working with all of these different schools, that's really given us an indicator that can benefit our students who are working with us. So, depending on the student situation, we've had cases where a student's GPA might have been a little bit shaky, their transcript looks a little bit inconsistent over the years, but they're a very good test taker, and so their ACT scores are outstanding. So in those cases, we certainly were sort of strategic about which colleges we were targeting for them um, to give them the best chance of getting accepted based on those numbers. Okay, good. So for listeners out there who were building our own crystal ball, right, for our own student, Erin uh, is saying start with the numbers. Uh, what is the next thing you would look at? I would say the second thing that I would look at would be the college's acceptance rate. So that's the percentage of applicants who get in. Typically, those low acceptance rates, so I'll, I'll use Stanford as a quick example, that's typically around 5% every year. Wow. That means it's really competitive. It's so tough to get accepted there versus some schools have very high acceptance rates, you know, maybe 80%, 85% even, which means it's not typically as difficult to get accepted. So we use Stanford as an example. We look at the numbers and we are, you know, dead on in the middle of where students typically get accepted with their 
SAT, ACT, or their GPA? Are you saying then that this isn't you know, the best indicator since there's tons of applicants that probably fall into that same range? Right. So when we are talking about the very uppermost tier of colleges, there are schools that are just reaches for everybody. So with Stanford, we're typically talking about 5% of such a strong applicant pool gets accepted every year. Some of these schools have even come out and said that the pool of applicants they had was so strong, they could have just thrown out their class of admitted students, started from scratch, and ended up with an equally amazing and outstanding group of students. So it's just, it's really tough. You are competing against the best of the best at that level. So like I said, some of these schools, just by looking at their acceptance rate, we do have a sense that it is going to be a reach for anybody. Do you have an idea, and I'm sitting here wondering, so we know Stanford 5%, obviously very tough to get into, and you just said that would be a reach for pretty much anyone. Uh, We talk about in previous podcasts, I think, how colleges can become quite nitpicky at that Mm -hmm. point, and their decision can seem very subjective. In your professional opinion, at what percentage could you start believing that this school could possibly be a solid match? So when we're talking about this level of difficulty, we kind of are just focusing on the very strongest students who have exceptionally high test scores and very good grades. Um, So for those students, as a very, very rough guideline, as a starting point, I would probably say around 30 to 35 percent is where that cutoff point might be. Below that is where we start getting into that territory of these schools might just be reaches for anyone, so we really wouldn't want to bank on getting accepted at these schools necessarily. Good. Uh, Don't forget for families that are listening and you are current NSphere clients, uh, please set up a meeting with Erin to discuss this in detail. If you're confused and you're struggling with this question yourself, she can really create a personalized strategy for you. Uh, For those that are not NSphere clients yet, please do not forget, once again, join the online coaching community that is a Facebook community open to anyone. And please don't forget to check out our website and look at the monthly membership packages to see what could be right for you. Also, stay tuned. At the end of this podcast, we will give you further details on your free downloadable gift. The next piece of the puzzle that can affect your chances of getting accepted would be when in the process you apply. So let's really just talk about schools that have rolling admission. Okay, two questions. A, I wouldn't really think that this mattered since they say you can apply up until the deadline. And B, what is rolling admissions? Okay, so let me answer your second question first. So rolling admissions is basically when colleges accept applicants on a continuous basis. So they might open open up their application August 1st, for example, and then from there, they're just on a rolling basis looking at applications as they come in, accepting students as those applications come in up until their class is filled. How would I find out if a school I'm looking at operates on a rolling admission? So NSphere families, this is all part of our database. It's all part of that search tool you have access to. Other students, I would say, check the websites of the colleges that you are planning to apply to. So they do advertise this, and it's not a huge secret. Right. They should say something somewhere on the website telling you that this is a rolling process. Okay, good. Uh, I've heard of schools, let me ask you, I've heard of schools that actually maybe 
I guess this would make sense with a rolling admission, but they fill up and then there's no room in specific programs. Is this true? Yes, this is true. And I guess that answers your first question, (laughs) which is great. Um, And so, yes, that definitely is the case. They might have a hard deadline sometime in February or March, for example, but if the applications opened up in August and this is a popular program, it can be full by November. I mean, it can fill up very quickly depending on which school we're talking about and which program we're talking about. And for those of you listening, please, 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 if you are a parent, pass this information along to your child. A lot of times what we hear here at Ensphere is uh, we'll ask where a student has applied and they'll say it's around January and my friends are just starting to apply now. So why would I have submitted my applications? But what we recommend is find out when the application process opens opens. Don't be afraid to start those applications early, have them ready to go. So that first day you can actually submit them, go ahead and do so. Just please, please, please do not postpone this process. Uh, This is our third point we're looking at. It can be very detrimental when you're thinking about, will I be accepted? Exactly. And that's excellent advice. So I'm going to talk quickly about Pitt and Penn State in particular, because we, we do have so many students who apply there every year. And what a lot of people don't realize is when we are talking about these schools with rolling admissions, your chances are actually much better if you do apply early in the process. So we've had students who are maybe borderline in terms of their numbers. Their GPA might be slightly below the average of what typically gets you accepted at these schools. We're not sure if their numbers are good enough necessarily, but we're seeing that they definitely have a clear advantage when they do submit their applications early. We're seeing students with lower GPAs and lower test scores being accepted if they did submit their applications early in the process versus sometimes we have students with really high numbers, but they've just waited too long. And so they don't start applying until the end of December or January, like Mm -hmm. you had said, and they end up being waitlisted because at that point there just aren't any spots left for them. So that's really good information. Something that's popping into my mind, and I don't know if this is on your crystal ball checklist, (laughs) but I went to a small private school and I really credit as I've said in earlier podcast episodes, my interview with helping my chances of admission. Uh, Is that something that's typical of a college? It really varies from one school to the next. Um, So some of those smaller private schools really put a lot of weight on that interview and your essays as well. So they will really take a close look at that in terms of determining whether you as a person fit the kind of student that they're looking for and, and are a good match for their campus community. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more actually about what that interview process was like for you and how you felt like that affected your chances of admission. Well, sure. I actually had a very good interview. I was in there for a long, long time. I think it might have even been almost two hours, but it was was just very conversational. I actually traveled to the college. I met luckily with one of the admissions officers. I know that a lot of times you may meet with a former student that's conducting the interview, but I was fortunate enough to meet with the person that was determining whether or not I would be accepted. Uh, What surprised me is that, like I said, it was very conversational in nature. Yes, they did ask me specific questions, like why I thought this would be a good fit, but they also gave me the opportunity to go ahead and ask them questions, and I found this to be extremely helpful. Uh, What I took away from that interview is that it was actually a chance for me to get to know the college, uh, in addition to the college getting to know myself. 
Awesome. So once again, then I guess my takeaway from that would be how important it is to do your research and prepare in advance so that you can really maximize your opportunities when we are talking about things like interviews and essays. Yeah. And oddly enough, I had this interview very early. So that brought up a different point when you said essays, they actually did help me pinpoint what I would write my admissions essay on. So all in all, once again, I thought that really, really helped my chances. Uh, The last point that I'm going to touch on, and this is just me personally saying this, we did cover in a uh, webinar, and this is something that a lot of you may not have had the chance to do, is actually tune into one of our webinars. Mm -hmm. If you are a member of that Facebook community, you do have access to sign up for these. Erin is always posting the upcoming webinars uh, frequently on that site, but we went over a special applicants. Uh, What is a special applicant, Erin? So there are very special cases. So I guess athletes would be the big one. So student athletes sometimes have a completely different experience going through the admissions process. There are other factors that could affect your chances. If you're a legacy, you know, both of your parents went to the college you're applying to. Um, And then in certain cases, certain schools might be looking for, for example, we had a student a few years ago who played the French horn and one of the colleges he was applying to was really looking for a French horn player. (laughs) And so they were just throwing money at him. They really wanted him to attend. So there are these other factors that could play a role in your chances of getting accepted. This may seem a little unfair is what I'm sitting here thinking. Um, How much will this impact the average student? Very, very little. So I would say don't get too worked up or too focused on these special cases because it really is such a small percentage of students every year. For the most part, these softer factors or special cases that we're talking about, they're really not going to overshadow those numbers. So if your GPA and your test scores are just off from the average numbers that a school is typically looking for, having a great essay isn't going to entirely make up for that. Okay, so what I'm hearing, if we want to replicate your crystal ball, Mm -hmm. while we're helping our students find out, will they be accepted, uh, you're saying that the big takeaway is start with numbers, not only yours, like your GPA, SAT, ACT scores, but also theirs, meaning the colleges and their acceptance rates. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And as a reminder, this all comes back to how important it is to build a well-balanced list of colleges. And that's a list that includes these safe options and solid matches, as well as those reach schools. So that means you should be well-prepared anyway, even for a worst-case scenario. For listeners out there, if you're interested in learning more about how to create your own balanced list, please don't forget to leave a comment underneath this episode letting us know. Uh, That might be an upcoming podcast that you hear soon. Excellent. So on that note... Let's talk about today's free download because I'm super excited about this. I know. (laughs) The smile on your face, I actually don't know what it is, but she is gleaming. So let's hear. So what I constructed a few years back for our NSphere students is a worksheet that you can fill out piece by piece. So basically, you will sit down with this worksheet and some information about the college that you are planning to apply to, and it will ask you different questions line by line. You'll add 
add points or take away points depending on your situation and what your profile as an applicant looks like. And at the end, it will actually tell you based on how many points you end up with if this college is likely to be a reach for you, a solid match, or a safe option. Wait, you're giving away one of the documents that we actually give to paying Ensphere families. Yes, and this is basically, I would say, like my secret recipe to figuring out if I'm stuck when I'm working with a student and I'm not totally sure where they might fall, I actually sit down myself and fill out this worksheet, and thus far, it has been incredibly accurate. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited (laughs) about this. I'm excited. (laughs) Don't forget, Erin's going to let you know how to get this gift. You visit www.nspherecps.com backslash podcast. That is CPS as in College College Planning Planning Services. Services. Do not forget to leave a comment. We love to hear your feedback. Also, don't forget to tell your friends. Follow us and subscribe on iTunes. These episodes will automatically pop up on your phone so you can listen to Erin and myself anytime. This has been Erin and Carmella signing off. Make sure to tune in for our next episode, I Want to Graduate College on Time. Now what? Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day. College prep? Yes, college prep? Yes.